Welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living, a show where we talk to experts who've taken a wild idea and made it a reality so you can too. From people who have sailed around the world to those who've started thriving businesses and even broken records, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. I'm your host, Shelby Stanger, and I hope you enjoy this show. This is episode 40 with best-selling author, nonconformist, and world traveler, Chris Gillibo. This episode was brought to you by Keen. On all my greatest wild adventures, I've had a pair of Keens with me. I wore them when I stand up paddled down a portion of the Peruvian Amazon River, when I went tubing through the glowworm caves in New Zealand, and even trekking through the rainforest of Costa Rica. Keen's most known for their Newport sandal. They're made to go in water and on land, but right now they also have some amazing new styles I'm especially excited about. The Terradora collection, for example, was designed specifically for the unique biomechanics of a woman's foot and stride. It was designed so you could trek all through Yosemite or any great hiking destination, and so you could wear them through the city streets, on the beach, and they're stylish enough to wear out after with leggings or jeans. Best of all, Keen is a family-owned company. They're out of Portland, Oregon. They're committed to not only protect the places we play outside, but they also provide numerous grants to causes and difference makers who share their ambitious goals. They support some kick-ass ambassadors as well. You can check them out at keenfootwear.com. That's K-E-E-N footwear.com for more. This episode was also brought to you by Soma Surf Resort in Nicaragua. If you've ever wanted to check out Nicaragua to see the volcanoes, go horseback riding, hiking, or especially surfing, whether you're a beginner or advanced, they have packages for every type of adventurer. We just got back from a surf trip there, surfed the best waves I've ever seen, came home to the most delicious made-to-order food from their restaurant, ate tons of fresh fruits and coconuts, and slept like babies every night. The owners, Bill and Casey, are super cool. If you want to have an amazing experience where everything is taken care of, or even if you're interested in running your own retreats, we're going to be hosting a Wild Ideas Worth Living retreat there next year. Check them out. Go to surfresortnicaragua.com. That's www.surfresortnicaragua.com. You can email them, call them up, tell them you heard about them from the Wild Ideas Worth Living podcast. They'll hook you up or even give you 10% off your first surf package. Chris Gillibeau is a New York Times bestselling author who believes you don't have to live the way other people expect and you can do good things for yourself and others at the same time. He has a ton of wisdom, much which comes from having visited all 193 countries by the time he was 35 years old. He's written bestsellers like The $100 Startup. He also wrote The Art of Nonconformity, Born for This, The Happiness Pursuit, and the soon-to-be-released book, Side Hustle, From Idea to Income in 27 Days. It comes out September 19th, 2017. We talk about how you don't have to quit your job, but you can, what a side hustle is and people who are actually making money doing it, his tactics to how he does it all in one day, and where else he'd live in the world. This is a quick one, but it's a good one. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so today we have on Chris Gillibo. He is awesome, an author, speaker, just an all-around badass. Chris, you've done so many things. 
I know you have a new book coming out called Side Hustle, and a lot of my listeners want to ditch corporate life, get started on their side hustle. So how do you start? And what are a few things you've learned that people can do now to really get started on their side hustle? Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Shelby. It's a big honor. I know you have lots of adventurers out there. And um, I respect that because I'm an adventurer too and kind of live my life with, you know, a sense of adventure and purpose. Um, so first of all, respect for that. And let's see. So side hustle, what is the first step? Yeah, um, I think the first step is to not quit your job. And uh, I'm not actually a big fan of encouraging people to like quit your job tomorrow and like jump off a cliff and take a big risk. Um, if you're in a place of life where you can do that, that's great. Um, but a lot of people aren't. And so what I, the reason why I wrote this book uh, in, in part is to kind of provide this step-by-step -step process so that people who haven't done this before can create an income generating project, like create a new source of income without quitting their job. And if that eventually leads them to quit their job, that's great. Um, but if, if not, if they like their job and they want to stay in it or they just kind of want to build something out on the side, I don't think you have to like leave before you do that. And I think that's a mistake that people make because they think I'm either in my job or I'm like an entrepreneur, quote unquote, and I have to just kind of take that leap off that cliff. Um, I think it's much better to like establish security for yourself before you do that. And so this book is basically a step-by-step -step process to help people help people do that. And then after that, their options are their own, their possibilities are their own. They can do whatever they want and whatever is best for them. I'm so glad you said that because I think a lot of people sometimes misinterpret what I say and they, they go quit their jobs as well. <laughs> right. Right. And then they write you and they're like, I quit my job. And you're like, oh, great. But do you have anything else? And uh, they're like, no, I'm still trying to figure that out. And you're like, oh, wow, I feel very responsible for that. And I did that. Yeah. I, had a, a, <laughs> I had a job at Vans. I was running international marketing and sales. It was an amazing job. Uh -huh. And on the side, I would freelance write. And until I had a certain amount of articles and certain magazines, then I would quit. And a certain amount saved yeah. up. So yeah. what are some of the side hustles that you've kind of come across that actually make money? And yeah. how do you do it? Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, it sounds like you were pretty smart because, um, you know, it's, in some ways it's a conservative strategy, but I just think it's smart. So like, let's, let's build some income for yourself and then let's do something great. Um, I don't think I properly answered the first question about like, what's the first step? I think it starts with an idea. Um, it starts with like, you know, learning to generate valuable ideas and kind of understanding what makes for a viable side hustle idea. And so I'm trying to teach people the power of observation. So I'll give a couple of examples of that, um, to relate to the second question. Um, let's see. So every day on the, I, I have a daily podcast and every day I'm telling a story of somebody who, you know, starts a side hustle without quitting their day job. And I talk about where they got the idea and like how they made it happen. You know, what was the outcome? How much money did they make? Like what were their mistakes, their successes? So I've been thinking a lot about this, like where do ideas come from? Um, maybe one quick example. There was a guy who went on a cruise. Uh, somebody gave his wife, he, he and his wife, a gift certificate for a cruise. And they were like, well, I don't know if we're really into that, but you know, it's free. We'll go and try it. So they went on the cruise, they actually had a good experience and they came back and he realized like before he went, he had a lot of questions that weren't really answered. Like he searched online, but he found like a ton of information, but not the actual answers that he needed. And so he started a blog that was essentially like answering questions about cruises. So like, can I watch Netflix on a cruise? He like writes a whole post about that. Can I watch HBO or whatever? Like all this stuff. He creates a very simple WordPress blog, which anyone can do. Um, and he connects it with Google AdSense, which is like ads from Google. And so he's like writing these articles, answering questions. People come and read the answers. And then a lot of them will click the links and then he gets paid. So within about six months, he was making three to $4,000 a month from this blog. And by the end of the year, it was like $60,000 or something. 
So this is a side hustle that, you know, he had never done before. He used, he drew on some, he drew on some of his skills he had from his day job. He was a copywriter. So he was able to kind of like understand how to write fairly well and answer a question. Um, but obviously this turned into something that gave him a lot of freedom. And I'm not even sure if he's quit his job or what he's doing now, but obviously that's a very substantial, you know, very substantial second income and maybe even a first income as well. But how did he monetize his blog? Right. So that was through, uh, through the connection with Google AdSense. So, you know, if you search on Google, like you'll look and you'll see like there's these ads at the top and on the right. Um, you can also like put those on, on your blog, which is a good decision for some people and not a good decision for others. But in the case of this blog, it was perfect because most of the people coming to this blog were coming from search results. So they would search like with that example, can I watch Netflix for on a cruise? And a lot of people were wondering about this because there's like a hundred million subscribers to Netflix and like a lot of them go on cruises, presumably, but it's not really in the cruise line's best interest to answer those kind of questions. Like they're focused on selling their own services and there were lots of review sites, you know, out there, but they had their own thing going. So he kind of found a way to like serve all these people wondering about information. Uh, and then when they would click other links, other ads, then he would get paid that way. That's amazing. Any other good stories about side hustles that you just want to share? To give us yeah, a let's take a totally advice. different example because I didn't mean to go down a long track there. Like, there's all kinds of different things you could do. Let's see. Um, there's a let's t let's talk about adventures. Like, there's a guy from Canada who went uh, to Nepal. He actually got married to a woman from Nepal, and they went on a honeymoon there. And uh, he discovered that cashmere scarves uh, and cashmere in general—that's like where cashmere comes from—is Nepal. And cashmere, of course, is really expensive in the U.S. and Canada. And he thought maybe I could like bring this back and resell it. So he was able to like purchase a thousand dollars worth of scarves and then resell them for something like four to five thousand dollars in Canada. And he turned it into like a whole like social good project. So it's like he is making money, which is great. But then he's also like donating a portion, donating a portion of the proceeds back for uh, girls education in Nepal. So they built this whole little brand now called Kerala Kashmir um, and they're continuing to sell. And so that came about through travel you know, through observation and just kind of through learning how to, how to buy and sell. So most of the people that I feature and most of the, most of like what I talk about in the book, you don't have to go to business school. You don't have to have a background in this stuff. In fact, some of that stuff can actually be detrimental to your side hustle plan because what you're learning here is, is kind of new and fresh and, and different. Mm, I love that. Um, Steph Jagger, our friend, our mutual yeah. friend who wrote Unbound, right. she said she met you at, at Warwick's and then she That's right. turned her book into Unbound. So Thanks for inspiring a buddy. Oh, who's she's awesome. Such a I mean, yeah, she, did, she didn't need any inspiration. I mean, she was doing awesome stuff like, uh, you know, all over the world with her quest. So that's fun. So she wants to know how you do it all. You know, more specifically, mm. you've got, you've got this podcast, you've got mm -hmm. four, four books now. Um, yeah, this is number five. Number five. Okay. Five books and you do tons of corporate speaking, other speaking engagements. You've got your own event. Um, I've listened to you on other podcasts, mine to Lewis Howes. You know, so besides like how you do it all, you know, I really want to know the behind the scenes nuts and bolts <laughs> of how you do it. Sure. But also for, sure. for those of us like Steph and and me who have a little business and maybe a little following, you know, my podcast has maybe 40,000 plus a month, but it grows every month by like 10,000. Fantastic. Thanks. That's huge. But, but how do we, but it's not like we, I want to be bigger and Steph wants to sell <laughs> more books. So like, how do we do sure. it? Do you have an assistant? Do you have a team? Do you have people in the Philippines? Like, like what are the nuts <laughs> and bolts? Okay, great. Yeah, there's a lot of questions there. So I have to go, let's see how to unpack it. Um, maybe I'll go like in reverse order. I don't, I don't have, a, a, you know, people in the Philippines working for me. I don't outsource very much at all. Um, pretty much a one man shop. I, I have one assistant. She's wonderful. She's great. Um, but aside from her, I, I have not 
like tried to hire a bunch of employees. I'm not a good manager. Like I learned 20 years ago, you know, when I was a teenager, I'm, I'm not a good employee, I'm not good at working for other people. And I'm also not good at like, I don't want to hire like a dozen people and then try to manage them. So, mm. so no, I don't do that in terms of like, like the numbers that you just mentioned, like, first of all, those are good numbers, but you know, it, it doesn't take, it's not twice as much work if you suddenly have, you know, 90,000 downloads compared to 40,000 downloads, right? Like it's not much, I mean, you're still producing the same show. Yep. So I think if you get the, you know, the, the structure solid in the first place, then it's not necessarily, you know, twice as much work or whatever, but maybe the biggest thing, like, and I'm happy to talk about logistics. I'm happy to talk about anything practical, but I think like far more important is the overall philosophy, which, which adventurers like yourself and Steph and probably some of your listeners will connect with is I, I, I love what I do and I feel really fortunate and I wouldn't want to do it any less. Like I have zero desire to like simplify my life. I have zero desire to, I don't know, become a minimalist and like, or become a monk or like go on a meditation retreat or whatever. Like I love what I do. And I, I, I feel like, you know, since I have this opportunity to reach people and was able to do the travel quest of going to every country in the world and all that different stuff, like, why wouldn't I do it? So for me, like my default mode is like, if I finish a project, it's like, what's the next project? What's coming up? Because that's what, that's what I enjoy. So do you have an assistant, <laughs> but you also yeah. have to have some, some other tactics, like you use Calendly to schedule stuff. There's, there's a couple sure. tools you use. What, what sure, else? Sure. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not opposed to tools at all. Let's see. Um, um, I use a tool called OmniFocus, which like keeps up with all my projects and tasks. And so I have that open like pretty much throughout the day because um, I have ADD. And so it really helps to like have a list of like, okay, here's what I do next. Um, I said one time that like, you know, when, you, when it comes to like thinking about superpowers, like it's always fun to ask people like, what, what superpower would you love to have? Like real superpower from like a superhero movie. And like, obviously everyone wants to fly. Like that's number one. And then people want to be invisible. Like those are you know, number two. But let's say you can't fly and you can't become invisible. Like for me, what I would choose is the superpower of always knowing what to do next. Mm. Because I, I feel like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because like you wake up and you're like, there's so much stuff you could do. And like the project is so nebulous and all that. And I struggle with it too. But when I know what to do next, it helps a lot. So um, I always have like my list open. So what else do I use? I mean, I don't know. I use Evernote. I use Google Docs. Nothing really like amazing that people haven't heard of before. Um, I use Scrivener to write. So that's a tool that helps me to like write. Um, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's some other software like that, but that's, that's been helpful a little bit in terms of organizing stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I meet a lot of high performers like you and, and look, I've got a little ADD and, and a lot of people uh -huh. like myself and a lot of the adventures I interview, they deal with a little bit of anxiety and depression at times because yep. you do mm -hmm. these crazy projects and then there's just kind of low for me. Mm -hmm. I've learned gratitude and some breath techniques mm. and all sorts of things like for you cool. what have been some of the things that you've learned to really transform times of anxiety depression when you finish a project and you're on to the next yeah. or or yeah, just yeah, other sure. times in your life i know you've had for loss sure. and you've had a brother die and and you, you've dealt with some real stuff so what do you do yeah i, I would say first of all it's a process and it's uh, I, I don't have a magic answer to that i think some of it is uh, some of it comes down to acceptance, uh, not necessarily like, you know, you know, choosing that this would be the situation, whether you've encountered like a loss or trauma, like you mentioned, or something else, uh, but just kind of the reality that there's only some, some things that you can control. And, you know, if something terrible happens, you can't really change that. You can change what's in front of you and 
hopefully like use that as some learning exploring experience um, or motivation for the future. I guess I've tried to do that a little bit um, and trying to think what else. I mean, well, just to give you an obvious thing, like I don't mean to like avoid the, the question. I also take medication and that's something that I changed maybe about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago now. And for a long time I was kind of against it and just like, oh, I'm strong. Like I can overcome, like I had a gratitude practice. I had all that stuff. But I guess for me um, at a certain point, I just kind of uh, felt like I didn't have a baseline and the, the depression or the anxiety was like so much that I needed to do something about it, like to kind of take a drastic measure. And so I, I did that um, and it has helped me a lot. I don't think it's like changed my whole life. Um, I don't think I like rely on that, you know, for my stability, but I think it is, it has given me a bit of a baseline. So I guess I would encourage people like obviously make your own decision and like talk to your doctor. But if you are in a place that you really can't get out of yourself, like, you know, you should, you should consider different options because, um, you know, it, it, it helped me. I appreciate you saying that. I, I once took medication for a while and it helped and I was really scared yeah. too because I thought, I thought I was really right. weak. Um, right. Exactly. Right. Right. And I don't right now, but it really helped when I took it. And awesome. there were some side effects. So yeah. you do need to talk to your doctor. And, and I appreciate you tackling that. I also want to ask, you know, what do you do to decide what's next? Like, I know for me, I have so many cool things about to happen. And, and you must have so many opportunities. Like, what's your decision process about what's next? Well, I do, I do build a little bit of structure around myself. So I kind of like there's this old... Um, phrase like, you know, what, what, what's that phrase? Think outside the box. And I, I talked to somebody once who said this thing that has stayed with me since she was like, think outside the box is terrible advice. You know, when you are a creative and there's all this kind of stuff that you want to do. And especially if you really figure out something that you're attracted to and like you want to commit to, to a certain degree, you don't need to think outside the box. You need to like build yourself a box and get in that box. Basically mm. you need to like get in the box and like, this is my little realm. This is my you know, this is the line that I'm going to play in essentially. And so, you know, for me, one of the things I've done is like, I, I have created like a certain am amount of, of structure and deadlines. So I have the daily podcast. It's like, no matter what else happens in life, like every single day, um, there has to be the, the podcast, like it has to go out. Right. And so that forces me to make other choices, you know, to accommodate that. I work with publishers on my books and like people ask like, why don't you self publish? That's a whole other conversation, you know, lots of reasons, pros and cons for each way. But I will say that one of the reasons why I, I, I prefer to work with a traditional publisher is there's a lot of other people like on the other side that are kind of depending on me. Like I'm the author of the book, but then there's probably like 50 people that work on like, you know, the editorial and the marketing and the packaging and all that kind of stuff. And so they have calendars and they have set deadlines and I can't screw it up. Yep. Like you have a little bit of lay leeway, but then like there's a pub date and you have to kind of work toward that. And so that, that actually helps me. So that kind of limit, I guess it's a limitation, but for me, I see it as like something positive because it kind of keeps me in line. No, I agree. I think there's a lot of freedom in structure. And I've learned that trying to be an adventure and living wildly, that there's more freedom that comes with some structure. I think it's really gnarly right. that you do a daily podcast because one a week is hard. So that's <laughs> off to you. Do you have a production team at least? Someone who edits them? Uh, yeah, I don't do production. Okay. I don't do, or at least not audio production. That's yeah. not my thing. So I don't do that. Uh, I would say though, like, let's just not, not to get off on a tangent, but to go back to what we talked about before, you know, seven times a week, a podcast is not seven times harder than one time a week, I mm. think. You know, it might be twice as, I mean, it's harder, right? There's more time and stuff. But, um, you know, once you have the process down and you have like a foundation and a structure, then you're just kind of filling that. And so that to me is attractive, like that idea of like, I'm just doing the same kind of thing. And there's creati creativity within that. But I do have like this ongoing rhythm. 
That's awesome. Okay, so I'm going to change gears a little bit. You've mm. traveled to every country in the world, and travel is a big part of, of what my listeners do, what I love to do. If you had to live somewhere else besides mm. the United States, yeah. what country would you live in? It's always a tricky question because it's like, do you have to live that place like your whole life? No. Like, are you are you like staying in that place and never traveling? That's totally different, you know. Okay. Than, like, which countries did you really enjoy that you would go back to, and then maybe <laughs> yeah, ones I'm, that you would actually live in? I would live in Australia. Like, I loved Australia. I would totally live there. Um, I would live a couple of countries in Asia. I'm sure I would live. I would love to live in a place like Laos or Cambodia for a little while. I don't know if I'd live there for the rest of my life, but for a while. Um, I would live in South Africa. I would live um, somewhere in Europe, but probably like Eastern Europe, probably like Macedonia or Lithuania, one of those kind of countries. Um, but for me, I should also say that like, I, I have a base in the U.S. I live in Portland, Oregon, but I also travel like half the time. And so that for me is the ideal. The ideal is like I have a little like a home base, but I'm not confined to it. And so I would never want to like have to choose one place. I think that would be hard for me no matter what place it was. This is so exciting talking to you because I feel like I'm talking to someone who completely gets me. I've awesome. lived in Australia. We're trying to right now build a home a little bit in San Diego, but be able All to right. spend six months out. Great. Um, and lived in New Zealand. It's it's so fun. Um, so yeah, what about cool. cities in the U.S.? I mean, Portland. Besides mm, Portland. Cities in the U.S. Sure. Um, I actually like I actually like Southern California quite a bit. So like San Diego area is on my list. Um, I like I like Austin. I like. Um, I don't know. I like going to New York. I don't think I want to live in New York, but I have a great community there and love, love going to the East Coast to do stuff. Um, I don't know. Lots, lots of little places. Any things that you always travel with or I know you've written books on like hacking travel, but just right uh-huh. now, things that you love to travel with. Yeah, I'm pretty basic. I mean, I take the same stuff with me everywhere I go, which is which makes life a lot easier in terms of packing and, you know, because I'm always traveling. So I don't know. What do I always have? I have my running shoes probably takes up the most amount of space. Um, I have my like little, you know, podcasting gear, which now takes up a fair amount of space too. Uh, otherwise it's just like, you know, some basics and clothes and things. So no like headphones or special like earplugs or. Not really. No, so pretty simple. low tech. I mean, obviously awesome. like have my laptop with me all the time, my phone. So it's not like I'm uh, avoiding technology. Like I actually like technology, but I don't have like a ton of gadgets, you know, I'm just yeah. not, I'm not really like a gadgety person. What do you love most about what you're doing right now? And what's something that's a little bit harder about okay. it? Very good. Very good. Um, let me think about it for a second so I don't give you like a bullshit answer. <laughs> what do I love? Uh, well, you know what I mean? Like sometimes people ask you quite, you got the same answer all the time. Like, what do I really love? Um, I'm excited about, like, even though I've been writing books for a while, like, I, I have to say this book that, that is just coming out, Side Hustle, it is probably the easiest book I've ever written. The mm. past couple, past two books before definitely like kind of challenged myself in figuring out like what is the message, how do I want to share it, and that's a that's a big part of writing. Like I don't object to it, but for this book, like I knew exactly what I wanted to say, and so it was just a matter of figuring out how to say it, and so that was good. And so I'm looking forward um, to you know going to do a hundred city tour. I'm going to visit uh, my readers and listeners all over the U.S. and Canada and elsewhere, and I actually really like that. Like I really really love it. Like I read interviews once in a while with authors who complain about book tour. And I always want to like, like, you know, throw them against the wall or something. So I'm like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like you actually get to meet people who care about your work. And like, that's, it's, it's so brilliant. Like I feel so good about that. So I love that. What is hard? Okay. Hmm. I do feel a bit overwhelmed right now. I do feel 
Like I'm not able to, I mean, not to contradict some of the things I've said in this conversation because I very much believe them, but I do feel like sometimes unable to, to triage properly or like I'm, I'm behind on lots of things. Like I'm behind on lots, on lots of communication right now and I don't like that. I like to be the person that responds really quickly and there's a lot of people that haven't heard from me in like, you know, two weeks or whatever. They sent me a question and it's not an unimportant question. Like it's something meaningful. I should spend time on it, but I'm behind on it. So that stresses me out. Um, well, September 19th, you're going to be at Warwick's. You're going to be all around the country. So we're going to go to your website and find out where to actually meet you in person and at least say awesome. hi. Cool. Any side hustles that you've come across that you're just really excited about? I have an episode coming up next week about this guy who did uh, cricket protein powder. And it's not like I'm excited about it because I don't <laughs> want to like, like consume crickets myself. But I just thought it was a pretty fun story. Um, and then right before that, there's actually a story of a Target store manager who starts his side hustle that ends up making like $40,000 a month. Uh, so obviously like huge, you know, and like my first question is like, why are you still working at Target? But apparently he's going to quit his job at Target, like after he's done this for like a year or two and built it up. But, um, I don't know, every day I have a different story that I'm trying to, to put forward. And I, I put those forward because I want people to relate to them. If I just tell my story or your story, like somebody's like, oh, that's cool for them, but I can't, you know, I can't relate to them. I can't do that. Um, but you know, lots of people work at target. So here's this guy who did this. Lots of people have gone on a cruise. So they hear the story about the guy who wrote the blog. They think maybe I could do something like that. Um, the person who went to, to Nepal, like lots of your listeners are traveling, as you said, like maybe there's something they could buy and bring back and sell. So just love presenting like lots of fun, little relatable stories. So I can tell you've read a lot. You're just really articulate. Everybody I've talked to that's articulate usually read a lot as a kid. Any books that really shaped you? And then on top of that, are there books that you kind of go back to or give as gifts besides your own? Hmm. My favorite author these days um, is Haruki Murakami. Um, mm. I really love this book called The Wild Sheep Chase. That's my favorite entry-level Murakami book. I'd recommend that. Uh, a book that inspired me, I'll give you two books that inspired me. One is called Mountains Beyond Mountains. Uh, it's a story of Dr. Paul Farmer and his quest to kind of cured various diseases in Haiti and elsewhere. And I also like this book, um, Wishcraft, not Witchcraft, but Wishcraft by Barbara Sher. And that was one of the very early books about uh, personal development and like kind of identifying dreams and goals and then turning those dreams and goals into reality. And a lot of other books came along later that may have been more popular or like sold more copies, but she actually was a big person who, who started a lot of that. So Wishcraft is good. Wishcraft, A Wild Sheep Chase, Mountains Beyond Mountains. And then I listened on the Lewis Howes pod podcast that you were kind of naughty as a kid at 15. Mm, um, sure. And, and I like to ask all my guests, you know, if you could go back and tell your 15-year-old self one piece mm. of advice, what would you tell them? And the reason why I ask this is because yeah. for most people around the world, 15 is a tumultuous age. You're like a sophomore, yeah. freshman in high school, and yep. there's just a lot going on. So maybe you can just right. tell us briefly. 15 sucked, man. Yeah, 15 was terrible. Yeah, yeah, why? What was happening in your life and, and what would you go back and tell your 15-year-old self? Yeah, well, what was happening is a whole other story. Like I was a juvenile delinquent. I was in like various treatment centers and like all kinds of stuff. But I, what I would go back and say is, um, you know, first of all, I guess I would say like it's going to be okay. Like, you know, don't don't be so afraid. Like it's going to be all right. And then maybe the other thing I would say is like uh, at a certain point, like people are going to kind of try to tone down your rebellious nature, like, you know, the streak and like, you may have to like adjust or tweak that somehow, but don't give up on it. Don't like, don't, don't stop, you know, this independent thinking, like having these dreams and like wanting to do your own thing. Like that's your gift. That's not like something you have to change. So, so don't, don't sell yourself short on that. 
Chris, I can't wait to read this book. You also wrote The $100 Startup, The Art of Nonconformity, and so many more. So where can we find out more? Where can listeners tune in on iTunes and, and what's the best website? They can go to SideHustleSchool.com. They can subscribe in Apple Podcasts to Side Hustle School or wherever they listen to podcasts. Um, the book is called Side Hustle or I am Chris Gillibo on all social. Thanks again for listening to this show. You can buy Chris's book and pre-order it right now on Amazon. We'll have links on where to get it in the show notes. Thanks to Chris for sharing your wild ideas. You can actually catch him live on his book tour. He's going to a ton of cities. He's even stopping in my own hometown in La Jolla, California at Warwick's Books on September 21st. Thanks to all of you for listening to this show, for writing comments, reviews, and emails to me. If you like this show, you can now support us through PayPal donations. This goes to actually paying editors and our whole production team not to surf boards or surf wax, as great as that would be. You can also support us through Amazon affiliate links and even by writing a review for free on iTunes. Just go to wildideasworthliving.com, click on the support us tab, and it'll show you all the ways to support the show and keep us thriving. You! Okay, wherever you are listening to this, don't forget you're amazing. Do a little booty shake to remember that. And don't forget... Some of the best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest ideas. We'll see you next week. 